Okay, I have a question for you. I'm up here in Alaska again. Great trip, gorgeous day, beautiful out there. Went down, had breakfast, same in the Captain Cook before I head up north to the Sheep Creek. And I had an Alaskan breakfast. If I went to Europe, it'd be an American breakfast. If I went anywhere else, it would be your normal two eggs over, yada yada, two eggs any way you want them with some kind of meat and some kind of potato. Why has it got to be an Alaskan breakfast? Why can't it just be a regular breakfast? Why you got to be all like possessive about your breakfast, man? I just don't get it. Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide here. I tried to get some stuff knocked out yesterday. Yesterday was a super busy day. Uh, day before, I went to the range, shot the APO rifle. It's going to talk a little bit. I'm going to be a little plug here for you guys for the APO stuff. Uh, that's number first and foremost on my mind. I knocked out um, on uh, Wednesday and went up, got some uh, filming done, shot the rifles, did a couple things, uh, played with some of that choice ammo that I, because a question comes up about ammo, I'm going to get to that down the road a little bit. I will say that the, the rifles like that choice ammo uh, out of Montana. Joe, it's factory loaded ammo, a lot of variety in their selections. And the SH Edition rifles really dug it. They they advertise it as a hand-loading option, uh, kind of, you know, and it, the price is up there. You're, if your average number is around that $28, this is about $38. But it's one of those options, and I thought it shot really good. I still have a bunch of boxes to play with and to go take a look at and see what's going on. But the APO rifles, the, the black 308 came in. Actually, it's sniper gray. And, man, that thing, I was going to leave the 308. I'm thinking, okay, they're going to send me kind of a 308, whatever. Um, you know, I'll leave it up in Alaska, and it'll be a student gun. Well, then during the week, they were emailing me because guys in the class were having a hard time up here finding 308. So it makes sense. I mean, it's kind of fallen out of favor. And the fact is that there's a shortage of 308 up here, you know, tends to say a lot. You can get 6.5 a lot easier. So there's another consideration to make. But the black one shows up. I go to Mile High to get it. And the thing is just gorgeous. I'm like, damn, this thing's a work of art for a 1950 rifle. And the sniper gray just looks so good on it. And so I took that, the Bazooka Green 6.5 Creed and the 308, and the 308 was just stacking them. Uh, there's a vid in the video you'll see at the end. There was one shot that was like at two o'clock on the edge of the target. I came down to click, and from there I just for stack, stack, stack. I moved over to the other target and just drove that guy in. It was really just hammering for that 308 with the. Uh, well, but I was shooting Prime, so I had some Prime 308, and I was shooting that, but the thing was just fantastic, so I'm like, mm, I'm not going to leave the 308 up. They they put my name, you know, call sign on it. They put low light on the side and, and, and that, and so the green one is going to end up camping out up here for the next block of classes, so just so I don't have to travel back and forth with it, but the 308, I'm going to keep on, on hold and, and keep that there. And, and getting 308 down in the lower 48 is a lot easier. So if guys are going to need a rifle or something. But really, uh, um, I didn't knocked out a video. It was a lot. I, so yesterday I was editing it. And it, it, was, it was a lot of running around, packing, doing this, doing that. We had some things going on. I was super bummed. Uh, I've been talking with the guys from Finland. 
about some merino wool and some different attire that they're using over there that they can send to us here and their shipping is really reasonable and fast. DHL was supposed to be at my house last night and sure as shit, I was at the counter at the airport and it showed up. Like when they said end of day, it was like six o'clock when it showed up. Not the guys in Finland's fault. Usually DHL when they come to my house, it's around one, two o'clock. I was hoping to bring that merino wool uh, stuff up to uh, Alaska. July's trip, that's all it means. I'll just bring it up in July. So I was doing that. Then Mr. Fuzz had to go to the vet and get his booster shot. Uh, so there was the you know the vet and then editing the video. So the video is a little longer than I would have wanted. But I think it shows a lot of detail. So if you're interested, okay, what's the hype behind the Sniper's Hide Edition rifle from Ashbury Precision? You can go see that video, and I try to break down every element of the system from back to, like, the limb saver. Because, I mean, the APO chassis has a great limb saver. And you see a, guy, a lot of guys out there who are recoil adverse. This is one step to help that. Then, adjustable spacer system, which is pretty common in our uh, stocks nowadays. So there's take and add and remove spacers and all that. Well, the, cheat, or the, the butt plate also has the push button up and down you know we, we've mentioned that several times where if you're in the prone you raise that butt up if you're doing stuff a little bit more dynamic you'd keep it in a more neutral position and then if you were doing something closer to a standing or offhand you would go lower that way you get the toe purchase on your shoulder so we have that go to the cheek right so it's got the ambidextrous adjustable cheek tool list the whole thing so you could set that i like the spring loadedness you can kind of loosen it. You can come down with your cheek. And when your eye is perfectly aligned behind the optic, you can then tighten it up. Because it's just got uh, you know enough spring tension to raise up and, and, and have tension. But it's not so heavy that it's pushing you away. Then move forward. We go over to the uh, folding stock. Now that can go any direction you want. You can get rid of the folder if you don't want it. They, they sell the insert to pull the folder out and, and put the, the fixed in. And it's one screw, so it makes it real easy. you know. And then the center section, that pistol grip moving. I demonstrate how the pistol grip moves to fit your hand size. Then you can lock it down in position. So, you know, all that. Uh, one of the questions people were asking, they're, the, the uh, You know, with the Remington 700, because there's a lot of, you know, there's the custom stuff out there that, that's not quite 700, but it's easy. It's simple. It's upgradable. You can do a lot with the 700. And the other thing is, if you decide, I'm not a 700 guy down the road, or this is, you know, I've now outgrown it, which, you know, you could throw some money into a 700. I mean, I have a bunch of gaps. Don't get me wrong here. All the early gaps that I have, GA Precision Rifles, are all built on 700s before the relationships came about with the defiances and things like that. So I have a ton of tricked out 700s that have always treated me well. I have, I have an affinity for them, even though Remington as a company hasn't been the greatest out there. But we're going to that other level of customer service taking Remington out of the equation because Ashbury's checking it out and the guns are firing flawless. You know what I mean? When you look at the 308, just stacking them in at the end and I sped it up and did some stuff, 
you know, say it's quick. It's just eating the center out, you know? It's like, damn, this thing is just stacking it. The action's a delivery device. I don't really get the, uh, you know, the uh, need to chase. I What I find is a little thicker action works better with heat and things like that when you're running them hard. But you still see problems with bolts and galling and different things and tolerances that are too tight at times. So I like something that can get a little dirt, do you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and hell, let's look at it this way. If the Marine Corps is still doing a Remington, I'm doing a Remington right now. But it's just a way to save money, which gives us the flexibility. And, and like one of the th- updates that, that APO did for everybody, they did a little feed ramp work to make sure the Magpul mags that they supply don't get caught the lips don't get caught i've kind of found different rounds with magpul mags will depending on how long they're loaded and things like that how they go so it's it's you know which it's it's allows them ease and flexibility it allows you a path to upgrade if you want or it's it's something where you could take that out and because it's a 700 you could drop in something different if you wanted to go with like a base model of something custom but use that same chassis you can there is nothing that says you can't get this $1,900 rifle pull that barreled action out put it in something for somebody else or do something else with it and put a different barreled action in I've become a monster fan of just getting barreled actions like I got another origin come in I, I got some stuff because there's so many stocks and chassis and so much that I'm liking, I, I don't want to keep moving something from one place to another to another and tearing it apart. You know, it, it's it's becoming this thing where, okay, somebody sends me a bunch of stuff or, I, you know, I'm like the McMillan stock, the A10. Love it. But what am I going to put in it? I have to cannibalize something else. So it's like, okay, $825 origin action, right? Put a barrel on it, and and I'm good to go, and then I can move things around. If I wanted to, I can take a, which would be, you know, like my cost, a $1,500 barreled action that might be a little bit higher level, you know, because I maybe I put a Bartland on it in the origin, because that's what I basically order from Mile High. I get a Bartland barrel, and I get an origin action. I put them together. I can put that in the APO stock in... Now I got a really tricked out rifle, you know what I mean? Because we sunk all the money into the stock more so than that barreled action. So you can go in multiple directions without feeling like I am right now with my $3,000, $4,000 rifles. Uh, This guy was on the plane, um, was talking to me and hitting me up. He's really into it, the whole gun thing and everything. And so we were talking a little bit about different things, and I went and looked at the Gladius, you know what I mean? Because he wanted to see, and and really, when you meet somebody on a plane or somebody out who doesn't know this industry, what do they know? Chris Kyle, American Sniper. And it's like, yeah, in that movie or any picture you see with Chris with his civilian bolt-action rifles, it's the Gladius, which was my rifle that we did with George and the whole thing. What's 4100 bucks for a Gladius? You know what I mean? So that's that was a 700 in an 18-inch Bartland barrel with a Surefire in a Manor stock. You know what I mean? It's not that far removed from 
what we're doing kind of with the APO beyond the stock. But here you have a, a Remington barreled action, and the only difference is the Bartland barrel. It, it, it's, you know, 4,100 versus 1,950. And that's not a dig on George. The Gladius is a huge success, and, and it has nothing to do with that. It's still a GA precision rifle. They're still going to cost you in excess of $3,000, which I have a bunch of them, and I love them. I don't want to cannibalize them to do stuff moving forward with other companies. You know what I mean? So that's a key element for me, that ability to, you know, kind of move around the block with stuff that's not so like, uh, I really don't want to do that. But you know what I mean? It's, it's just a necessary evil. And don't get me wrong. I'm not like complaining. I'm just kind of giving you... My, you know, I'm having my internal conversation in public. That's really what's going on with this kind of stuff. So it, it, this is where my head's at and why the APO rifle to me, it doesn't break the bank. At 1950, man, the guns are shooting. They're, they're comfortable. They're adjustable. They're easy to get behind. They, they have all the features. I showed you like the, the, the green, the bazooka green. And I kind of talk to them in color, more so in caliber. I can say the 6.5 in the 308. The 6.5 is the bazooka green. The 308's the sniper gray. And that color just looks fantastic, man. Um, anyway, so the bazooka green, I took that handguard and I ended up putting a hard gear rail, arc of rail on it. You know, the really right stuff dovetail rail. And so that gives me that flexibility for all that latest and greatest It'll act as a bag rider. If you needed to, because it's M-Lock, you can get MDT's weight system that's M-Lock. And if you wanted to put weight in that center section or on the forehand to kind of weight it down a little bit, you can do that. You know, So there is a lot of flexibility. And then my thinking with the top of that handguard. The top of the handguard's smooth. There's no venting. They just engrave sniper's hide on each side of it. Looks really cool. And to me, it acts like a mirage band. You know what I mean? You want to take it there. It's mirage band out. And, and so if you do get it hot and you do, you know, running a lot of rounds on it, where would this be a benefit to you guys out there listening? Proof barrels. Proof barrels act like a heat sink and are moving that heat across that entire barrel and they're dissipating it out. Well, when people were bitching and there was that, you know, initial thing uh, done down south that said, Proof barrels walk when they get hot. Not the case. What I did is I had one proof barrel on a regular stock. Uh, it was uh, just a uh, Macmillan uh, uh, A5, right? So I have my Macmillan A5 with my surgeon in it with a proof barrel on it. And then I had the RPR with the proof barrel. You can see a difference in the Mirage with the open barrel versus a barrel in a handguard. And that kind of was my thinking behind that kind of stuff you know what i mean so here if you if you burn out and i and like i said it's you get a 6.5 apo 6.5 creed apo you're ready to go you slap a scope on it now you're getting used to it you're working on it you're doing the whole thing get 2,000 rounds through it and swap the barrel out well if you wanted to go to something like a proof you now have that mirage band for a lot more of the barrel and you'll find it you know it won't start blurring out the picture 
When you, when you know, the big thing guys don't realize with stuff like the barrels now is we're using kind of a quite a bit more magnification in our scopes. Most people are rarely below 18 when they're buying a scope and they're moving up to 25, 30 and higher. Well, you're magnifying any mirage coming off the barrel by that much power. So a mirage ban, in my opinion, is getting to be more and more important in a lot of these different elements. So that's why, uh, you know, I wanted that flatness where the heat will knock out the sides where the M-lock is on the side and stay out of the optic. You won't get wandering shots. You won't throw flyers. And, and think about the suppressors. There's nobody out there who's running a suppressor, or at least you shouldn't be, without some kind of cover on it. Those things quickly get to 300 degrees. You know what I mean? Well, the barrels, and when I nuked the proof as hot as I could, was about 175 degrees. You know what I mean? So you're still getting high temp right there in front of the optic. So that's something you got you to gotta think about, and that's where my mindset was into that handguard. You know, but the question was coming up. There's a sling stud up there. Okay, so some guys are going to throw Harris on it. That's your most common denominator. So if you have that, you could put it up. Behind it, there's a pick rail, M-lock pick rail, so you could put your atlases and stuff like that. But if you wanted to, take the four screws out of the center section of the chassis. Okay, don't try to do the ones around it. Those Don't do the screws around the handguard. Those are kind of cosmetic, all right, because it's a press fit in those things. Trust me, don't mess with the, the screws around the handguard. You want the four screws that the two on the side and two on the bottom, one on each side, two on the bottom. That pulls that front modular off completely. From there, unscrew, there's a little nut underneath that uh, sling stud. Unscrew that. You can then move this different M-lock stuff up to that position to get it closer to the end of the handguard and screw back in and save that nut and you can use it. That's what I did with the hard gear. Then... Beyond that, going back towards the center section, you can do the M-lock as normal with like the hard gear, how I did it. It's in the video. I didn't show doing it, but I show the underneath so you could see it. It's about a nine, almost 10 minute complete, 10 minute video. It's not a lot of, yay, look at me, I'm shooting it. It's more of pointing out the mindset, the elements. I'm trying to educate you on it. Exactly what I'm doing now. Basically, this is the long version of that video. And all it is is you could visualize it. And then see if it works for you. And, and here's a key element, guys, for, for all of this. I am not going to make your decision for you. If you're asking me to compare it to the MPA's production model or the Bad Rock, that's up to you, man. I'm not going to say anything negative about those guys. I'm not going to go and throw, well, my stock does this and their stock only does that. That's, it's, this is, this is color, man. I'm not picking your favorite color. You know what? The only way I'll pick your favorite color is if you send your wife or girlfriend over and, you know, we're going to play Indecent Proposal. Then after that, I'll tell her my favorite color. She can go back to you and then you can, you know, do it that way. But they're going to get violated any way you look at it. So that's how, if, if I'm not going to make those comparisons, I have no reason to. There's a ton of options out there. This is one of them, okay? 
Theirs is another. There's nothing wrong with it. You know what I mean? It's all personal preference. You know, would I put a, I, I, a Bad Rock in the Ashbury? Sure. Would you put an MPA in it? Maybe. I don't know. The chassis is the big draw of an MPA. But, you know, it's the it's all is relative. In, in my mindset, I don't want to make comparisons. I don't like... I don't like the comparison because there always has to be a loser and there's not always a loser in these equations. You know what I mean? And I don't like to be forced to pick a loser when there may not necessarily be one. With so many of these questions I get, it's a coin toss. Like a literal coin toss. You know, which one do you want? Flip a damn coin. You're really not going to lose no matter what directions when we're splitting hairs. You know, that that would be like somebody saying, gee, should I get this night, you know, the night force 5 to 25, or should I get the collis in the same thing, or should I get... You pick which one you want. You know what I mean? It's like you're splitting so much hairs. Which reticle do you like? That's the only question in my mindset. If you're looking at a $200 difference in like a $3,000 scope, you know, and, and even if you're at three grand, your 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 kind of sway is closer to four hundred dollar differences. If you're in that four to five hundred dollar range with a three thousand dollar scope, the odds are you're splitting damn hairs. What brand do you want to support? Okay, pick that one. What reticle do you like? Okay, pick that one. You know, power-wise, you're looking at the same thing. Glass-wise, you're not gonna get any better. You know what I mean? Glass is finite, man. Glass is not some magic friggin' thing. And nowadays, it's spec to such a quality. Even the $1,500 scopes have a really great spec that we didn't see. You know, those were being seen in like $300 scopes. It's a difference, you know? I don't know. It's just, I don't like picking winners and losers that way unless I'm forced Unless they force my hand as the company. You know, like we talked about with the Savage stuff. If we see a problem, yeah, then we may have to point to, you know, this is a path of least resistance. This is a path that's going to take you farther down the road without having to pick up a wrench. This is a path that will have a great resale value. This is a path that'll, you know, allow you to move in multiple directions. One of the things is you don't see a lot of uh, custom aftermarket Savage stuff. You know, so that's a consideration in my mind. You got a Remington path that has everything under the planet available. You have a Savage path with a very limited menu, you know, and so that's why in those cases, there's a winner or loser, but you don't upgrade scopes. You don't upgrade certain things. So it's like, uh, you know, it would almost be like, well, Timney or Trigger Tech. Well, I like the guys at Trigger Tech. I, I, I like talking with them. I like what they're doing. And, and it's an easy, it's a good, no-brainer trigger that we used with this rifle. Does that mean if I had put a Timney in, it would have been... No, it doesn't matter. I could have went with the Timney two stages. I could have specced out a... Hey, uh, Morris, we're going to put a Timney two stage and everything because I like a two-stage trigger. You know, but we wanted to keep it in in a place that's easy and so that's all just so don't you know i got a bunch of guys asking me to pick winners and losers 
And I'm really not a fan of picking winners and losers in that context when they're so close to each other. Because in my mind, you're not going to lose. There is no loser. If, if, if you know, if you like the, the what's going on with a bad rock, hey man, go to town. You know, you don't hear me talk about them because I have no reason to. But other for this, that we're in a, not we're, because I'm not, you know, basically making that much on any of this stuff. It, it, it's 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 a direct competitor now. So the APO Sniper's Hide Edition is directly competing with those production ones. You know, what is it, a $40 difference? I like my stock better. Others will like their barreled action better. Okay, that's a, that's valid. You know what I mean? In In my mind... It's just as much money to go to a beggar. Maybe, okay, so it's like 800 bucks if you're going to do it right. More so if you do like a Jay Allen and things like that. But like I was mentioning, barreled, barreled actions, I can go with an Origin in a, in a Bartlin and, you know, be pretty close to a stock upgrade if I'm not a fan of what I already see. You know what I mean? If you're looking at $1,200 for a really good stock that has the adjustability we're looking at with the APO, well, for that, you know, for 1500 I can do a more custom barreled action. And so it's like, okay, six and one half. I can go this way and go, I need a better stock, or I can go this way and somebody will say, I want a different barreled action. It's kind of works out in the wash. You're, you're, you're really only about two, $300 off of each other, depending where you're going. So that's all. That's just my mindset with that kind of stuff. But I'm really psyched. I'm really happy. I had great conversations. There's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe. Things are going to change. I mean, not change in the gun industry. I'm just going to say right now, whether you realize or not, the gun industry is pretty damn flat. Okay? And I'm finding more and more people are kind of getting tired of two years of really flat. Like literally, these are the conversations I'm having during the week. Guys are like, this Trump slump is real. These sales are real. And even in Precision Rifle, Precision Rifle is the only space where there's movement. And we're finding that this sub $2,000 is where the majority of that movement is. And it's where do you want to put your effort in to the PRS type guys and in that brand of influencer or snipers hide in my brand of influencer. And I'm starting to find a lot more that hitched their wagon originally to the PRS is finding that's a closed pond. You know, it's, it's one with a name. Like I, I equated it to uh, Okeechobee. You know, we got Lake Okeechobee. People have heard of that. You know, what's Lake Okeechobee? Oh, it's a name you know. But it's not a big, deep lake. You know, we're not talking like a great lake. We're talking a small lake, but one with a popular name. The uh, Havasu, you know. Oh, there's Lake Havasu. People have heard of that. That's sort of that PRS influencer. It's got a really good name. It's a really fun little destination, but... It's a bit overcrowded. It's a bit limited in what's going on. And by overcrowded, I mean you got the same core guys trying to sell you the same thing. Where I look at Sniper's Hide and what I'm doing, a little bit more like a Great Lake. 
you know, it's a little wider, a little deeper. We haven't hitched our wagon to one specific discipline within that competition. We have military, law enforcement, target shooters, competition people, F-class guys. There's a variety out there that these companies are able to reach out to. And so I'm seeing a lot more of them are starting to come back and try to hitch on the Frank wagon again. And with just this week alone, there's been quite a bit of movement in that space. Ooh, what do we got? Downtown Anchorage. So, um, you know, it's it's you're going to see that shift. And then on top of that, there's the companies that are dealing with the PRS guys don't want to spend money marketing because it's like, well, I can give one person I consider a brand ambassador something and they're going to be my salesman and they don't have to necessarily pay them I mean I was told straight up by some of them holy cow dude I'm going to pause it ah screw it we'll let it stay in the background you might hear it but um you got the brand ambassadors right they're not getting paid they're doing that they're getting some product and everything and they're out there working to influence you and so to me, you know, that when they come to me and say, well, I'm never going to invest money in you because I don't have to. I can just go and do an event or do something like that. Okay, I, I get that. You don't want to spend money on marketing. You don't want to kind of go in, in this direction. But when that stuff falls flat and you find out, you know, you're speaking to the same two, 300 people, don't come around and think I'm not going to say, okay, well, I offered you that, you know, 100 bucks now it's going to cost you 500 bucks because i mean that's just going to what it's going to be like there's going there's going to be a shun frank tax at that point and and so i don't know i just think it's kind of odd some of the decisions these guys are making but at the same time i see them coming back around up oh, now i gotta run hang on i got a call that's been playing phone tap all right i think i'm back we have phone calls saying like i said that was exactly the conversation just happened. I, I've been gone for, ooh, excuse me, I've been gone for like 15, 20 minutes. Uh, it's it's exactly those conversations I was having. There's so there's movement happening within the industry, and it's it's good. So um, hey, I'm just gonna go and there was a, let me get my phone again. Jets are going by. Friggin' the fighter jets are leaving and they're blasting straight up over the top of the hotel and just blowing the friggin' place out but there were some questions on here i wanted to answer uh bigfoot here so the guy yes i did see the bigfoot thing um with the deer here and we get that there was there was a show i think a brit did a finding bigfoot type show where he was testing hair samples from all over the place and a lot of them like especially the um the yeti stuff was a type of bear but it's a weird bear it's not it's part polar bear and part brown bear. It's a composite that they've found. So uh, I've noticed guys who've done DNA testing on hair samples and stuff. And then it says, what's your preference on muzzle brake or nothing on a 308? Uh, 308s, the, the Cantrol brakes are really good. Um, if you're not a fan of the look of that brake, I'm a big fan of the Heathen, especially the new Heathen multi-cal brake. That has the inserts. I think that's a smart way of doing it. You know, uh, Heathen and, and Inside Arm guys, the Canadian guys, uh, Harley and Andrew and those guys are awesome. They, they 
God, build a hell of a stick up there. They got a really good thing and they're doing great work in their break. I'm a fan of. Cantrell's happened to knock the, the recoil down really well. And I think they're one of the better ones that don't throw ups and downs, lefts and rights into the braking system. I've seen some brakes will, will actually push that muzzle down. The Heathen's really good in that new multi-cal with the inserts and their user-timed brakes, you know. Uh, and so that's a good option. I have no drama with a user-timed brake uh, for that. So definitely look up the Insight Arms Heathen or something like a Cantrol brake is really good. The Mad Scientist is good. There's really a lot of good brakes out there. So if you go to, um, you know, AP... APA's Little Bastards uh, have always been a, a pretty rock-solid break and, and a standard. So there's a lot of really good breaks. Um, again, ammo. That's why I was just on the phone talking ammo. Uh, you talk ammo a bit. Have you had problems in classes with shooters changing lots of ammo? Not lots. It's not the 60s and 70s where you saw monster swings from lot to lot, you know, or where the lots came from. Is like on the, let me get my coffee. Hang on a minute. A lot of where the lots comes is from the military stuff because there's different grades, you know, sublot A, sublot B. Oh, I was shooting sublot A and then I switched to B and it's different. Yeah, so guys would cover the lot of A. And that's that military throwback, you know what I mean? That's that kind of. Uh, oh, with this lot of ammo, I buy boxes of Hornaday or Federal or Prime or whatever the case may be. They're all mixed in together. I don't know what one's what lot. I don't match lots myself. You know what I mean? I don't care. Yeah, have there been bad lots? Yes, but usually you'll hear about that. That Like the, the Valkyrie, the 90 grain initially. That was something I would have avoided because of, you know, the feedback I was getting. So that's why I went initially to the, the 75 grain because the 75 grain was putting them in one hole. You were just losing a little bit on the back end after 600. Then the 88s come out and it ties it all together and everything's working. I go from one lot of 88s to another and just grab them at random and I've had no issues with it. Now, we do see up here, when you're talking ammo, the hunting ammo that we talked about. Hornaday's Precision Hunter is your best option for crossing over when it comes to, because we do see a lot of drama with hunting ammo. They start to fall apart at six, 700 yards. I think I mentioned that vertical spread. We saw the 300 Wisdom where it just opened up. Like it was one hole, one hole. And boom, his groups opened up, vertical spread crazy. That's the lots of hunting ammo. That's the hunting bullet that doesn't work, you know, as well as a target round. We, we can't take something designed to shoot 300 yards and end and expand on an animal and then want to push it out to 1,000 yards and think we're going to get match bullet. But nowadays, this stuff is made so well, I don't sweat lot to lot. You know, unless there's a big shift. Like, and we see it with powders, too. Guys will run along with Varget or something. Oh, this Varget's really good. This Varget's really good. Boom. And all of a sudden, this Varget's bad. You know, this this powder changed huge. Well, gunman, your bullet makers are subject to that same thing. It's really, really, really good. Really, really, really good. All of a sudden, bang. It falls off and something's not right. Because that powder changed or something like that. And then it's got to kind of recover from it. 
So yeah, don't sweat um, lots in in that sense. It, it, you know, um, love the Valkyrie also, Frank. Yep, I do too. Uh, the GL King. Regarding the last crazy person shooting in Virginia, do you think Trump will go after suppressors? No. I think that was just the reaction he made. I don't like to get into the politics side of it. I got enough of that crap at the house. Um, I don't think, I think they'll go to him and tell him to shut his mouth and he'll shut his mouth on it. Uh, I ain't sweating them outlawing suppressors. It would be too big. They're already NAFTA. You're already jumping through, um, you know, hoops for it. Somebody's going to educate him and understand he's technically a New York Democrat. And I, I don't care if you, you want to call him a New York Republican. Their only point of reference to what we do in a suppressor is TV. And of course a suppressor looks bad because it's on TV way more often than it's being used in real life. So I don't think they're going to do anything with it. The worst that's going to happen is just put that final nail in that herring protection stuff. That I've mentioned before is not going to happen they're making way too much money on suppressor sales. They've streamlined it, the barcoding, all the different things. It's not going to happen. So don't don't hit your wagon to some hearing protection act. And I've never stopped getting the suppressors and all that stuff, but I don't think it's he's going to do a bump stock thing with a suppressor because it's already being controlled on the NAFTA side. And I think the NRA will call him up and tell him to shut his mouth. Um, got some sniper side tall targets from box to bench precision. Happy to find uh 1.6% on his Athlon, right? As I mentioned several times, man, you can get our tall targets at box to bench precision online and check your scopes. You're gonna find an error that should be put into your software, and once you do that, that 1.6% isn't hurting anything. All it's all you got to do is know it so you can say, computer account for it the computer will do the rest but you have to know it to tell it if you never checked you don't know and i don't care you know what you spent or what you think you spent there's a very good chance i mean it's literally again flip a coin the odds of it being one to two percent off are very real check your scopes Oh, this is a long one. What's this guy? M96. What the fuck? Uh, hey, Frank. I'm hoping to get some advice on my rifle setup and something I'm having trouble with. I'm shooting uh, AACS 1.5. Uh, 1.5 is a non-folder, right? Um, and when I get down the gun straight or what I believe is straight, close my eyes and get comfortable. Once I open my eyes, the eye relief, once I close my eyes and get comfortable, I open my eyes. My eye relief is perfect, but I'm not looking down the center of the scope. My eye is lining up with the left side. Or uh, okay, um, so I have to tilt my head. Tilting your well, we'll get. I'm gonna finish when I finish reading it. Okay, my eye is lining up with the left side of the scope, so I need to tilt my head to the right in order to line up with the scope. I have already moved the cheek piece all the way to the right, but I'm still centered. Um, but I'm still not centered. I'm doing something wrong with the setup and body position. Do, do I just have a messed up face and cheek? I'm worried that may be infusing error because of my head. All right, so there's a couple things here. A small amount of kind of lean in your head is not a big deal. What's one way you can look at that? Try raising your bipod, okay? Usually, if you're too low, you're then having to roll your head over. So experiment one raising your bipod 
Two, try bringing the buttstock more into the center line of your body and maybe you're out too far on the shoulder. Okay, so try to bring it in center. That would be shortening up your length to pull a little bit, bringing the rifle in more in line with sort of your um, right ear and not necessarily off. Like if I look at my shoulder pocket out further, what most people would look at as a shoulder pocket, um, I'm in a mirror. I got a mirror right in front of me here. Oh, look at me. Um, I'm about an inch and a half maybe off to the to the right so that would mean I would roll my shoulder or my head over but if I bring it over more on my collarbone and more in the middle okay so um try that one try raising your bipod to keep your head more erect and you're not rolling your head over because you're too low two try bringing the rifle in more of the center line of your body closer to your ear and not so much out on your shoulder to get it away from your collarbone. I tend to put mine on my collarbone, and you just get used to it. But definitely, and if those two don't do something, so shorten the stock, bring it more in your center line. It'll be one spacer, take it out, one of the small spacers. Bring it in, and then two, try raising the bipod a little bit and see if that gets you up a little bit on your elbows and head erect. And, and then three, if that doesn't work, you got a fucked up face. <laughs> so okay and then what we got agreed with savage mdt combo really kills me with my gun yep um savage and orex would be great frank talk about how you chew your app oh we already did all these all right so yeah that's pretty good man all right i'm gonna get going i got a few minutes i can upload this guy and i can get this knocked out for you thank you guys for listening thank you guys for being part of the everyday sniper Please keep the comments going. Go over to the site and say hi to everybody there. If you're interested in that Ashbury Precision Rifle, take a look at my video on YouTube, my videos on Sniper's Hide. Look at the images. Guys, guys are getting them. They're, po they're posting not only their test targets, they're posting their results. They're looking at these rifles. I haven't seen an unhappy camper yet. Granted, there's not hundreds of them out there but they are starting to hit the streets in greater number. And I really think that this pairing is going to speak to a heck of a lot more people. It gives you the ability, and don't underestimate the ability to swap and move. This will grow with you. That, that APO chassis, that setup can go forward just like an optic would. You know, you could buy a high-end optic. It can go from rifle to rifle to rifle. You don't have to stay married to that barreled action in there if you outgrow it. You know what I mean? But if you're not that guy and you're new, you're learning, you're doing your thing, well, bang. All you got to do is grow into, the, you know, your, your skills and then the more you have that adjustability, the more skill you get, the, you can take advantage of that adjustability. And then oh, all you need is a new barrel. I mean, you could do a ton to a 700. It's the 350 Chevy of actions. There is nothing you can't do. If you want a small block hot rod, what are you going to get? You're going to get a Chevy 350. You know, that's what that 700 action is. And because Ashbury did the work for you, you don't have to sweat it. Don't even, just look at it from the outside. Don't even worry about under the hood. It's going to shoot. And now, like I said, I just got off the phone 
We're going to pair ammo with you, man. Ammo's coming back around in a direction I'm happy about, okay? We're going to have a system where I'm going to say, you want to shoot like Frank in that context? Buy this ammo with this rifle. Scopes, buckets, oh, Night Force HHV, you got a little more money, attacker, oh, wait, you don't, you know, Sig friggin' Tango 4, oh, wait, I like this one, I like, we got variety, man. We can go in any direction. It's modular, it's adjustable, it's flexible. That's the point. All right, guys, thanks a lot. I'm gonna get this uploaded. You guys have a great weekend. I'm getting ready to go to work.